Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of the Soldiers of Cinema podcast. This is episode 25, where we're going to be discussing Herzog's 1999 film, My Best Fiend. And with me here today, as always, is the wonderful, magnificent, extraordinary Cullen McFader. What's going on? I am not magnificent. I am the (laughs) essence of uh, God. (laughs) uh... Uh, uh, Exactly. Uh, (laughs) You know, everybody out there, uh, just as a heads up, you know, Cullen and I are going to do this episode here today. Uh, I'll be playing Herzog. Uh, Cullen's going to be playing Kinski. And we're going to mirror that violent, turbulent relationship. Watch out for the profanities. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. But but in all reality... uh, it's it's funny to think what it might have been like the two of them in a room together but uh but we're going to be discussing this this film my best fiend and and it is about the working relationship between herzog and klaus kinski uh they made five films together over the course of their working relationship Mm -hmm. some of which are considered yeah probably i think most people would agree some of herzog's greatest films we have gary wrath of god in 72 nosferatu the vampire in 78 Wojciech in 78, Fitzcarraldo in 82, one of my personal favorites, um, and Cobra Verde in 87. Uh, so, th- I mean, they worked a lot together, and I think their relationship, their working relationship is, you know, the the, the stories have reached mythic, epical, epic proportions, right? Mm-hmm. This profoundly turbulent, violent, threatening each other's lives, but then, you know, in the next breath, you know, making extraordinary movie magic together. I mean, it's Yeah, and, the- and claiming that each other were, you know, brilliant in their own right oh yeah like right yeah, was, right brilliant insane. one moment and it was like a, it was like a married couple like it was uh, a weird but, but weird the like kinda... worst extreme thank god yeah, i'm not exactly. that way with my oh, wife yeah. <laughs> i wouldn't be able to handle that you know but but yeah. yeah in the sense that there's this this love hate this 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 extreme passion between the two of them and it's a really interesting uh topic to discuss and i you know this is why herzog decided to make a film about it um because it's it's a it's a creative relationship. It's a metaphor for the creative process. There's a lot of great things going on here. So we'll we'll jump right in. Uh, but before we do, you know, I do want to give a little bit of background uh, uh, to who Klaus Kinski was. It's German mm-hmm. actor. Uh, probably most of you out there listening have some idea of who this is. Um, and and it's not to say that this film is at all uh, like a biographical film. It's not. No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. But it probably helps to have a little bit of background. Uh, I, I found this to be interesting, at least, just to have some context. Um, and he was a controversial figure, and we're going to briefly talk about that, too, to give context for all the other things that we discuss about uh, Kinski as it relates to, to Herzog's representation of him in this film. But I didn't know this. Did you know that at 17 years of age, he was conscripted constri- uh, conscripted into the paratrooper unit for the Yeah, Luftwaffe? I had no idea. I had no, at 17, at 17, apparently, Mm -hmm. and this is, you know, like almost everything in his life, it's like what was manufactured, what was actually real, you know, he claims to have deserted, but, but we don't know if this is true, but his second day of combat, he was captured by the British, he actually, this is 1943, just for context, so well into the war, think, yes, near the end of the war, um, and uh, he was actually captured by the British, and I think he ended up spending, you know, a year plus some time uh, as a POW by uh, being held by the British. But that's actually where he began acting, from what I can understand, uh, which is pretty interesting. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, yeah, in prison I, it says, yeah. And and I had read too that in 1950 he had actually uh, did a, he did a stint in a psychiatric hospital. 
and mm-hmm. and that uh, I guess there was a, a like a theatrical sponsor, but a, some kind of peer or teacher or mentor. He actually tried to strangle her. I, this is I'd never heard this story before, but um, but that he was actually given like a, a preliminary diagnosis of schizophrenia. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's, you know, if, if that's actually something he suffered from. Um, but I mean, it kind of gives you a little bit of context that, you know, he was definitely and we'll get to this in this film. He was definitely off kilter. And I uh, wonder if that was a result of the combat or if that was something knows? that was or being a hereditary POW? or what. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that was extremely stressful to be. You know, to be conscripted into into the German army, the the Nazis in World War II, to be mm-hmm. captured, to be uh, to have to spend time in a in a prison camp that could not have been fun, uh, to say the least. Of course, not to make light of that. But then, you know, even more seriously though, and I did not know this, uh, and uh, until not too long ago, and Colin, you didn't, I think, know that until in today. Mm-hmm. But in 2013. Um, his daughter uh, actually um, printed a, a published an autobiography, and she claimed that Kinski had sexually abused her mm-hmm. uh, when she was younger. So From five to nineteen, yeah, and, which is obviously horrific. And mm-hmm. so you know, it's I, Herzog did not know about this when his film was released in ninety nine. Uh, I actually looked, and I couldn't find any. And it doesn't mean there isn't any, but I could not find any public statements of Herzog's about this mm-hmm. um, after the after this information was was available. I haven't seen any comments, so I don't know if he's ever publicly commented. But um, I, you know, it's just it's important, I think, to kind of have this context. I think a lot of people, you know, it's a challenging situation. A lot of people see him as a uh, a gifted actor, uh, but I think it's important to kind of represent the the fullness of you know who he might have been. So I just thought mm. that would be kind of an interesting thing to to kind of present to people. But let's jump into the movie then. It's like we said, it's not a biographical film. Uh, I really think that this movie is more about Herzog. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that it is that was about one of the Kinski. first things that I mentioned when we were just kind of having a right. preliminary chat was that it seems like, um, I mean, A, Herzog is definitely probably on screen for this more than any of the other documentaries, yeah. I would argue. Um, and B, it seems like Herzog almost took a step back from like full-on directing scenes and allowed mm. his crew to have more kind of freedom with how they chose to shoot it so that he would because of the fact that he was a person or a, a subject of this movie as well right that he would almost kind of eliminate that bias to shoot but there are moments in this that we'll get into um where there is definitely this this moment because of course kinski is not alive at the time of making this movie mm-hmm. where you kind of have herzog's word against kinski's and herzog of course has the last word and it's really interesting to see moments like that where <laughs> there's certainly things that they disagree on yeah um there's moments and i i mean like moments of historical accuracy between the two of them where they give different accounts and of course the ones that we hear in this movie are are of course herzog's yeah um, it's almost like a it's almost like a uh, lawyer or a judge kind of acquitting themselves from a um Oh, that's an interesting case, way to look at it. Yeah. Uh, because there's like a personal bias involved. But well, it is, but again, there is certainly still that perhaps unconscious bias in the movie. Right. Um, well, I think, you know, it's certainly Herzog's perspective on, yes, yeah. on you know, on it. It's, it's Herzog's perspective that's kind of, you know, uh, that definitely involves Kinski and their relationship. But 
And obviously, and we have Herzog talking a lot about his relationship with Kinski. We have Herzog telling us story after story. We're going to get into some of those specifically. Uh, and clearly, you know, Herzog is a master storyteller. And we already yeah. know this behind the camera, right? But when you look at Herzog uh, in this film, I mean, there are uninterrupted takes that are two, three, four, five minutes long, right? Single cuts where, I mean, he's masterfully telling these stories uh, and I don't you know vivid you, detail, yeah, vivid detail. You know, uh, and they're they're totally compelling. It's totally and the captivating. funniest thing is that when he tells these stories, you know, he's captivating even the people that were there. Right. Like you watch some stories where he's telling stories sitting beside or standing with the yes. people that were actually present. Yeah, and they almost. But it also, to me, makes me wonder again what is factually true in this movie and what is kind of the always. more exaggerated truth because always yeah i almost feel like a lot of the times when those people that were there were kind of listening to herzog tell this story perhaps they're thinking in their head like well i don't quite remember it that way but you know and th hey. that like there's kind of a funny expression on some people's faces sometimes which is really interesting to me because again we've we've discussed numerous times in this podcast the idea of you know what is true may not be what is factual and, and what is factual like, doesn't necessarily yeah storytelling right um, and so. we know that you know we know that herzog is much more i mean he is overwhelmingly concerned with uh a, a, you know an ecstatic truth as he would call it as opposed yeah. to an accountant's facts yeah. so i almost always you know i go into all of herzog's films uh fully recognizing that you know he's a storyteller he tells stories to affect uh, I'm almost certain that he's exaggerating. He's, mm -hmm. you know, kind of compiling and synthesizing. And, and, and he's, you know, I, I do think he's genuinely shooting for what he believes the, yeah. the real heart of the truth of the thing to be. Um, as opposed to what would have been an objective truth. And it's interesting. Mm -hmm. and, and it's interesting. I mean, you mentioned this right off the bat, you know, uh, Kinski's not here. Uh, he died. It, when did he die? I think it 91, was 91. So, he, yeah. you know, he died eight years before the making of this film. So although Herzog is using footage uh, of Kinski, of course, he is the one in the driver's seat. He gets to mm -hmm. pick the footage that he, you know, he's choosing the footage. He, mm -hmm. but, but to be fair, I mean, I think he shows Kinski at some of his worst, at least the worst as it was known at that time. Mm -hmm. and, and he, caught on camera and yeah. caught on camera and, and right of course and 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 then he also has people speak to uh him in really glowing uh positive ways you know he brings uh evan madison claudia cardinal two actresses in two different films that worked with kinski mm -hmm. and i mean and they just gush about yeah, what a kind actor, yeah. you know a kind generous warm vulnerable a thoughtful person he was in addition to being an extraordinary actor so uh but but herzog ends the film even in a you know an extremely or well I, I would say a bittersweet moment i don't know if you know uh but definitely admits that there was uh more than one side to kinski and, and mm -hmm. admits that there's more than one side to himself and this is where you know we know that herzog loves to play with metaphor and i think that like many artists, if not maybe most uh, or all, you know, see the world through this lens of of symbol, right? That that everything could be a symbol or a metaphor for something else. And you know, we hear Herzog talk about this constantly. Uh, you know, he whether it's Fitzcarraldo and the and the ship over the mountain. You know, I mean, the reason that these things are important to him is because they're 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 metaphors for something. And I really feel like that's how he's approaching Kinski here. You know, mm -hmm. not so yeah. much as a human being, but 
he's he's processing what this relationship symbolized to him and and maybe even how was Kinski a mirror or how did Kinski reflect him you know Herzog to back well, and to affect himself. his work too and yeah. affect his work right and and it, and so those things are what I find so fascinating right I mean obviously yeah. you know the personalities are extremely interesting and and it and it would be an interesting subject just to have a biographical uh, story about Kinski, but but that's not at all what's happening here. Well, I, and in line with that, the one of the funny parts, speaking of like you know biographies about Kinski, is that mm. Kinski wrote an autobiography, but in this Herzog claims right. that it was wildly inaccurate. Um, so <laughs> which, so which, again, and it's... and I would love to see, you know, and what would Kinski say about this film? Which is yeah. you know that's kind of the 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 joke, I guess, is that you know I'm sure that Kinski's book was dramatic, you know, completely dramatized, but of course. So is Herzog's So film. is this. Likely so is this, yeah. <laughs> and it, it and um, that but that's a good point. You know, and, and and just to take it further, one of the things I thought was so interesting about that scene that you're talking about. So in the film, there is a moment where Herzog actually has Kinski's biography, or autobiography, actually, I think. Mm-hmm, and yeah. uh and and Herzog's talking about tell like kind of recanting the story about how uh uh Kinski was that that Herzog actually helped Kinski come up with some of these derogatory terms. They actually broke out a thesaurus and Herzog was, y'all, you should say I'm this, you should say I'm that. Let's really, you know, crank this up. And, and, uh, Kinski said, well, you know, Hey, you, you know, I have to say that it was something bad, right? Cause that's what sells books. I have to say something bad. And Herzog's like, yeah, I know. Let me help you. Um, <laughs> and then Herzog goes on to, to, te- to kind of, you know, he, he, he looks through the book and he thinks about it and he's like, well, Kinski was, was clearly obsessed with me. You know, he mentions me page after page after page. And it's just interesting to me because certainly Herzog, I, I mean, I, I, I've got to imagine that he's a very self-aware person on some levels. He not, he may not be introspective or, uh, you know, anal- kind of always analyzing himself. I know that he, he kind of talks against that about really self-conscious anal- you know, self-analyzation, but mm-hmm. you've got to think that he's aware when he's like making a movie about Kinski and he's talking about Kinski being obsessed with him. You've got to think like Herzog knows he's obsessed with Kinski too, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, that's what that, and that's what I mean when I say that. It, it, perhaps a more apt description is like an old divorced couple yeah. who are still in love with each other, but just were too toxic of a relationship to ever stay together. Because it's like they're constantly talking about each other. Yeah. Um, and it's this other thing where it's like they're constantly saying, "Oh, I don't like him. I don't. I don't like this about him. I don't like that about him. This was crazy. This was a lie. Blah blah blah." And then they kind of break down to it and it's like yeah but you know i love them like it's this funny thing where and then especially (laughs) when they get together you know you see moments where they haven't seen each other for years and then they get together and they're talking and they embrace but they still kind of have this like almost game edge it's an edge yeah Yeah. it's like a competitive kind of edge yeah it's like a one-upsmanship contest it's really interesting um and there's so much there's there's some things in here that we found hilarious uh, in this movie that Herzog intentionally chose to put in. Yeah. But that kind of go against a lot of the things that Herzog has said. And one of those things is there's a moment in this movie. It's not a big moment, but it's yeah. something that we both caught. Which one? There's a gonna... moment in this movie um, where they show footage from Fitzcarraldo of the, ah, of the ship. 
Yes, and, yes, yes. And Let's set this the, up. Set this yeah, up. Yeah, so, so Herzog has gone on for gone on record a lot of times saying that yep. everything in Hit Fitzgerald was real. There's not a mm-hmm. single special effect in it. There's yep. not a single, um, you know, yep. everything that you see was really done. The ship going down the river and breaking against the bank and all that. Yeah. We, it was a full-size ship all the time. And it certainly was a full-size ship that they sent down. No but question. But there's this one shot. That we found in this movie, in this both film, went separately, just yep. just came across and, and kind of made a mental note of, um, where it's very clearly a miniature. It's filmed yes. very much, obviously, in slow motion. Yep. There's like water droplets bouncing off the ship that yep. very are clearly too we, small to have been. Rapids. We both noticed. Yep, we both um, and it noticed. looks even the ship. I've got the shot up right now, and even the ship looks like a miniature version of the big ship. Like the yes. details just kind of aren't there on a full scale. Right. Um. So. We thought that, A, it's funny that Herzog chose to put this into the movie because perhaps he thinks that the shot looks so real that he can still get away with it. Or perhaps Maybe. that he's almost pulling the cloth away and sort of saying, like, see, right. I, I did trick people. Um, and but you know, I do what think we've that it's do, funny. You know, that, just, you know, I think what we've got to do, I want to come back to this. When we do an episode on Fitzcarraldo, I want to double check to make sure that this scene is actually in the film. In the picture. It well, could... I mean, that's what's interesting is that it's on both the Wikipedia and on a website called, I think it was like ship mo- shipmodelsinmovies.com yeah, or something. like a database. And of... both of them reference Fitzcarraldo right. and say that in the movie, like not, not cut scenes on everything, but in the yeah. movie there was, but there is no credited uh, model maker. There's no credited They hid the fact. For... Yeah, for, yeah. for, for uh, like a miniature effects artist or anything like that. There's no nothing credited in the movie for that. Right. Um, so and I do wonder. I do. You know, is it is it Herzog? Like, is Herzog aware that this shot is kind of, you know, clearly a miniature and he's putting it in there to kind of play with the self-aware fact that he goes, like, yeah. perhaps it's just all meta and perhaps that yeah. the whole point of that being in there. And, you know, there also could be the aspect of we're just, I'm just reading way too much into this, but Perhaps it is this meta thing on Herzog's part where he's like, you know, I'm talking about how much how much Kinski makes up. I'm talking about how much Kinski lied about all these events. Uh-huh. And I'm putting this in there to kind of prove, hey, yeah. I also didn't tell the truth. I don't know. It could be that. It could I, also just be that Herzog thinks it's a cool shot that, that looks real enough to be put in there. I have you no know, idea. And, and I love, and I love both, you know, obviously I, I, I lean towards love. I love the first explanation more. I hope that that's the one it is. Mm-hmm. But but you're right. There's no way that we can know. Maybe one day, uh, if and when we ever get Herzog on this podcast, we can ask him about it. Uh, but yeah, it's so funny that that stuck out to both of us. You know, it. I missed that on my first viewing, or or you know, I, I just you know, or maybe I kind of I wasn't watching it with the kind of eye that I was watching it again this time. Um, but I did miss it. I don't recall ev- that ever sticking out to me. And I agree with you. I think it's fascinating. Uh, because it, as soon as I realized that, I mean, I made a note and right when we were talking, you know, in preparation for this podcast, I was like, Colin, wait, 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 wait. Oh my gosh. You've got to pull the film back up. You've got to go to 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like 30 minutes, 30, through, 30 minutes. And it, it, I've got the exact sec- timestamp. 3103. 3103. So everybody out there, go to 3103. It's on Prime Video if you got Amazon Prime Video. But but right, but we've looked it up. And I mean, I think all signs point to that this is a model. It is a special effects shot. And I cannot tell you how many times I have heard Herzog talk about Fitzcarraldo and talk about the vital importance of the ship being real it's in the master class <laughs> it's in the master, class. in the master class it's yeah. in the master class that we that we <laughs> have done episodes on previously 
And so I agree with you, Cohen. And I, I also just want to clarify that this isn't us like going, look at Herzog, like we've, no. we've outed Herzog as a guy who's a fake and a phony. No. I love this. Like, I think that this is just, if anything, it enhances the mythos of Herzog's filmography. Yeah, And no, it just is one of those things that, again, and I, I think me and you went over this before as well, where it's like, if we were to ever ask him about it, it wouldn't be a gotcha moment. No. It would be more of a, a moment of, you know, clarification in terms of like, you know, you've gone on record saying how vital it was to make sure everything was real. Why is that in there? Like, yeah. I wonder, I actually am more curious as to the point, and why is it in this one? Yeah. Because that okay. is a he, shot that he would have had to look at and cut out. You know, it's not like in Fitzcarraldo. He could have put a, any shot. Yeah. Right. He could have yeah. put any number of shots from Fitzcarraldo where they actually absolutely positively used the real ship because they yeah. most certainly did use a real ship. That's no question. It was uh, for just a very, a very small, what we read was for some of the whitewater rapid scenes yeah. uh, that, a, that a model was used for some I'd of I'd have those. to watch Fitzcarraldo again to see. And I, I, right. I, it's easy to pinpoint. Like, it's not difficult yeah. to kind of make it notice. It stands so, out. It stands um, out, yeah. But so, no, I just think it's interesting that in this movie where it is so much about, you know, yeah. these two almost opposite sides of the same coin mm -hmm. telling different stories about the same events, telling... Yeah. You know, or having different impressions of who was, you know, even the the moment when Hitchcock or Hitchcock Herzog says, um, yeah. <laughs> "That's our Hitch next podcast." Let's, just, let's throw that's Hitchcock in here. That's our um, next podcast. We'll do Hitchcock. But, yeah. But Herzog says, "You know, Kinski thought that I was insane and said that I was insane, but I'm not insane in the clinical sense. I'm very sane in the clinical yeah, sense." Yeah. And it's yeah. like this funny little bit where where. But yeah. then Herzog, of course, goes on to. I don't think Herzog ever actually explicitly says um, that that. Uh, Kinski was insane or psychopathic or anything, but he does mention, kind of allude to his. I can't remember. His, he might. His, he he yeah. might. He I don't might. think. He, I, I don't think it's ever explicitly said. Not um, medically. I don't know yeah. that he he never goes as so far as to say like he is medically. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's clinically, clinically insane. Yeah. But but I think he says just about everything else under the book. Well, I you know, and I agree. I think it's interesting. Uh, and you're right. I mean, because because of the context of Herzog is always. I mean, you know, look, he's. Probably, I mean, I, I can hardly think of another director except for maybe somebody like Kevin Smith, and that's obviously a very radically different type of director. But I hard, I can't think of hardly any director who talks about their work as much as Herzog talks about his work. And, yeah. I mean, let's think about it. This is a movie where Herzog has, is you know, he's made a movie about making movies. Uh -huh. And, you know, half the footage in this is movies, is are clips, shots from his other films, um and and uh and then mixed in with his new interview footage but i mean he's constantly right his q and a is his master class he's got you know a handful of numerous books i mean he spends a great and he's constantly speaking i mean he's constantly traveling traveling the world doing speaking engagements uh if you go on youtube if you go almost anywhere and you just type in herzog interview i i mean you you could fill the next month uh uh, yeah. listening to Herzog talk about his films. So, you know, I mean, and that's definitely a part of his whole kind of, you know, you have to take all of that into consideration. It's all kind of a part of the, a part of one. So uh, he speaks so much about truth versus fact. And so we know this is an important part of his, of his films. And so you're right. That's why this is fun. And uh, and we know that he makes up quotes. We know that he manipulates and stages interviews. We know that he even tells interviewees what to say sometimes. I mean, he you know, there's just about he's done everything. But again, you know, towards the pursuance of an ecstatic truth. 
And mm-hmm. uh, and so I love it. I mean, that's how I'm going to take it. And I think it's fantastic. Well, and even again, this this element of competitiveness is so funny in it, um, where there's a, even a moment when Herzog is sitting with some that some of the native Peruvians that worked on um, Fitzgerald that were actually oh, Fitzgerald, or, 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 okay. or, uh, yeah, I, I can't remember which one it was, but but right. they're sitting there beside. He does him, kind of mix and, in both kind yeah, of stories, yeah. and they're, kind of you know, go, they're yeah. similarly shot in locations. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, but um, he says you know that the that the natives told me that they were never afraid of Kinski, but they were <laughs> afraid of me because I was quiet. And I was you know, right. and it's like this again. It's this funny thing where it, it almost you know intentionally or accidentally highlights this idea that that they're so similar there was just slight differences in the way that they compose themselves and of course you know beyond the the accusations on kinski of course we're not painting any of that on herzog but um but in terms of their temperament and stuff that it's it's interesting to note that or their interests and their interest in, in insanity and taking things incredibly far that he tells the story of um of kinski showing up for aguirre with with like 10 tons of of alpine hiking equipment and right. to go and get this opening shot on a glacier and it's like he wanted that real thing but then he describes kinski also as saying that you know he liked nature when he could control it but there was no rain in his jungle there were no mosquitoes in his jungle there was mm-hmm. no and speaking of the jungle too that it's a really interesting element where it's like again that this you kind of get this double-sided coin where he says that kinski never wandered more than 100 feet into the jungle he wouldn't go in and when he did he brought a photographer to make sure that he captured <laughs> right. this moment of him entering the jungle and that is Herzog, his... on the other hand does talk about the jungle in or the jungle um and in a way of <laughs> saying that it's like it's something that he also he feared that he, he loathed he didn't love it and it was uncomfortable but he also saw it as this great incredible like temperament for chaos and murder and i almost i, I mentioned this earlier in our conversation but i almost take it as like it's almost herzog's like the jungle is almost herzog's metaphor for filmmaking yeah where he he is like afraid of it and he doesn't like the challenges and when i say doesn't like he almost secretly loves like he almost yes. it's like this it's like a, an addiction it's this yes it's this dangerous that, drug that for wh- that which nourishes also destroys and yeah. i and and that of course and that's i think you're you're getting really close to to what the sense that I kind of get from this film is that that's kind of what Kinski is representing. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's all of a, of, you know, the parts of a, of a whole of, you know, whether that's the jungle, which Herzog continues to go back to it's, you know, it, he constantly shoots in extremely difficult and challenging locations. He's whether mm-hmm. it's Antarctica or the Amazon, you know, he's, working with extremely difficult people now you know i i haven't heard any stories of herzog working with extremely difficult people outside of kinski so mm-hmm. uh obviously he can operate without having to have such a, a loose cannon on set but you know he certainly some of his greater films were made with kinski and he sought this person out he knew how difficult it was to shoot with and he still shot with him for five mm-hmm. films that's a and lot it's of important time to-, to note too that it's not like it's not like Aguirre was the only issue that that uh, where Herzog had issues with um, with Kinski that it, it was continuous. Like it oh, wasn't, yeah, you know, film. it wasn't a situation where it was like, no, okay, we had to time. work through our strife in Aguirre, and then the next ones were great, and we yeah. we understood each other. No, they never did. He, Herzog yeah. says that even at, in Fitzcarraldo that it was like, I think he says the last two days or something were the only times when Kinski seemed to sort of get his bearings together, they finished the movie, that was it. And then, but on a very opposite note, in Cobra Verde, which actually was based on the Chatwin book, so kind of a little bit of a connection yep. there. Yeah. Um, but um, that Kinski was so focused on directing 
um, his his own movie and creating his own movie that, right. that there was this Herzog describes it as this alien presence um, over Kinski that ruined his performance in the last few days of shooting that yeah. he was so focused on this next movie and that Herzog kind of cites that as the reason they never worked together again despite um, Cobra Verde being in 1987 and there being you know a few more years for them to work together at right. least you know because Kinski died in 1991 so there was certainly time yeah for them to have made another movie but um considering but they made it, two yeah. movies together in one year um but uh but yeah that was it and i i also i'm you know i ran this by again not to speculate or not to put words in herzog's mouth or anything like that but um i would find it interesting to know if herzog was almost like jaded and kind of personally hurt by the fact that kinski was going off to kind of make his own thing and it's kind of like the well he wanted because he wanted herzog to direct that film yeah and, he, and was, her, he was herzog, herzog. yeah and her, herzog read the script and said this is unshootable and i which perhaps it was because it didn't do very well it was right. it's not considered a very good movie yeah, yeah um so you know perhaps herzog was correct in that um but uh but no it does there is definitely a sombering when Herzog retells that story versus all the other ones, there's kind of a mm. charm to the other stories about how, you know, it was this mm. crazy nuts thing, but then yeah. when he describes the ending of Cobra Verde and says that, you know, and then we never worked together. There's this definite kind of, you know, it, it almost feels personal, more personal and sure. Kind of, more sure. affecting on Herzog yeah. than everything else. Um, well, and, 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 you know, and what we're, what we're seeing as he's telling the story is the last, sh the last scene that they shot together. It's where, you yeah, know, the Kinski's, boat, yeah. Kinski is trying to pull this impossibly heavy boat into the ocean. And uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, Don Quixote swinging at windmills and yeah. uh, his character dies there on the beach. And uh, so, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it, it is a cure. It's 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 interesting to speculate or to wonder why they didn't work again. I mean, Kinski was only alive for about four years after that. Um, but like you said, they had made two films in one year at what, at, you know, one point. So, mm -hmm. and I think at 78, so, you know, certainly they could yeah. have made another film, but who knows, maybe, you know, as we get older too, you know, we're, we're willing to put up with less and less crap. Yeah. At least I know I am right. You know, it's like, and Herzog would have been, I guess, in his late forties when doing, right. um, Cobra Verde. So right. yeah, I think there he was certainly in his... could just be a le level of matureness that he was just kind of like, all right, we're just tired. I'm yeah. done with this. Yeah. I'm done with um, this. Yeah. <laughs> and I also think it's, you know, cause it's, it's also not a situation where Kinski was only like this with Herzog. Um, you know, there's the famous story of him and getting offered the part for uh tote in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, right. And then he responded to Spielberg by saying, this is an actual quote. Um, this script is a yawn making boring pile of shit and moronically shitty. So of course I, you know, I love Raiders. Raiders is a great movie, Me too. but I Me do too. think it's hilarious that, you know, he was certainly not one to mince words. Yeah. Um, and so well, it wasn't to say, I, I can't honestly, I almost wish he did take that role just to hear and see how differently the production of Raiders would have gone with Kinski I, there. I mean, because I don't Raiders even know if he would have survived. Perfect, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't yeah. even know if Spielberg would have put up with that. No, crap. I know Kinski or sorry, Raiders was a famously like really well done production. Like that, it, there were very smooth. few issues. Smooth, that it was yeah. really smooth under budget, under schedule. So or, yeah, or, or ahead of schedule. Um, so I wonder if Kinski was there, what that difference would have made in that movie. Um, yeah, kind of hilarious. A, it's a fun thing to think about, no question. Yeah. The original performance, and I forget the actor's name, did an extraordinary job, by the way. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. But it, Who's it an is American? A, he wasn't even a German. That yeah, him, but, yeah, but it is it is a super fun thing to think about. I, yeah. you know, I, I mean, you know, and just to go back a little bit to this, I mean, I, it's you know, 
Well, actually, you know what? I I actually want to bring up something different. I want to talk because this is a you know something that I think about. You know, as I'm, you know, as I watch this film, and as I you know hear the stories, not just you know from Herzog telling them here in this film, but you know they're 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 throughout. I mean, it, again, it's like so part and parcel to the mythology of Herzog as a director. Um, you know the the how difficult it was to work with Kinski and how violent that relationship was. It, it, you know, I, I can't help but to think, and I'm curious to have a conversation with you about this and see what you think, you know, what would that mean for today? And what would that mean for us, for you and I mm-hmm. personally, as filmmakers, I think, you know, obviously, you know, we are, we're in 2021 right now. Um, you know, we have gone through like the, the Me Too movement. Yeah, we have. There have been a lot more a, accountability on sets. A lot and, more accountability yeah. on and sets. just in businesses in general. And just right, and and absolutely appropriately so. Yeah. Um, where you know a, much a lot needed, of, yeah. a lot of people. Um, uh, you know, wh- whatever the kind of abuse it is that you know, and especially on film sets, uh, where there's often huge, you know discrepancies in power potentially between you know gatekeepers and you know people who are desperate for work but Mm -hmm. you know i mean i what do you think so you know here we have you know herzog kensky he's screaming and yelling at other crew he's disrespectful to numerous people on set yeah Um, now not to everybody because we like i said we we have other people here who say that he was fantastic but clearly i mean he was disrespectful and violent to herzog and tried to get camera operators fired camera operators fired so you know and and it's undeniable that the final product is great undeniable Mm. right so what do you think like how does that calculus go in your head what would you do today i'm just curious like i mean i've never had um i would say the most closest i've ever had to like a difficult actor or or a kinski like actor was when i was at a film camp when i was like 13 (laughs) wait 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 wait. i have to stop you i have to stop you okay i'm so sorry i'm so sorry but hold on for a minute just hold on for a minute hold on Oh my gosh. Okay, wait, wait. I need I need I need to draw this out. So I'm gonna let's imagine a thirteen year old Cullen. So this, this is, is just back when I also two. spoke like Herzog so all the time too. This is just two years ago for you. So yeah, oh, exactly. no, no. <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. So it's like so you're thirteen and, and when you're thirteen, what is that, like sixth grade? Is that about sixth grade? Mm, something the seventh. I was, I was seventh. going okay. into, or might have just finished seventh grade. So you're middle yeah. school. You're middle yeah. school. So here's what I'm imagining. I'm just imagining like director Cullen. You've got your your megaphone. You've got your like you know, uh, <laughs> you're like director. Little out- Spielberg is what they used to call me. They, so. <laughs> you've, you've got little Spielberg, and you've got like your safari vest on with you know, and you've got your yeah, like, little hat. Yeah, you're, little... you're all the yep 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 and and i can just imagine like a fellow 13 year old with like wild blonde hair like shooting out in all directions <laughs> like screaming at you in german and i've got a mustache <laughs> at that point too you've got a I've full got mustache, yep, mustache you've got a herzogian mustache and you're and and there's like a 13 year old kinski over there screaming and like you know Oh my God! Okay. Well, it's, what's funny about this though is, and it's actually, it's not actually all that inaccurate. I won't mention the kid's name. Of course, after no, no, watches, no. But uh, we never got along. I always hated him. Yeah, <laughs> I'll put it that but, way. So sorry but, to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. No, 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 no worries. The, but the it's very, picture. it is a very funny story. Because yeah, so yeah, we, I'll let, yeah. Sorry, please tell it. Please tell um, it. 
you know, we would be doing scenes or shots and it was like, it, you know, everyone would have a role in the movie. That was the film camp was actually, it was a great experience for me growing up because it was run like a real set, you know, you mm -hmm. know, we had sound recorders, we had people on boom, we had people yeah. very much like, it I would have loved to do that at that, that age. Yeah. yeah awesome. It wasn't just going out with a cell phone. We had, you know, interchange, like we had DSLRs. Real gear. Yeah. yeah. So things like that. And, um, we had to do reshoots. And we were doing reshoots in a, this is a very specific story. We were doing reshoots in a different location than the original scene was shot. But the reshoots were all close-ups of just like elements, just basically cut-ins mm -hmm. um, and inserts. And, um, but he was going, he was saying like, I'm not going to do this because it's, we're not in the same location. It's going to look stupid and everyone's going to know that we film this in the same location. Mm. And I've, you know, I've actually, not to, maybe I'm being a little bit hurt, like Herzog here. I, <laughs> I, I've always been quite um, calm tempered like i you know it yeah. takes a lot for me to lose my temper and stuff like yeah. that i'm quite quite you know cool calm and pretty even is yeah, yeah easy way to describe it um and but i just remember kind of having to like work with this this kid who was the same age as me and just sort of go like well you just shut up and do the scene because like it's not gonna make a difference <laughs> nobody's gonna yell at us because the wall is slightly a different well, that, shade that's hysterical um, that you say that because i mean that was you know we one of the people interviewed in this film uh was a photographer mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh his name is beat i don't know if i'm pronouncing who's taken correctly. a lot of the famous you know famous yeah of Herzog a lot of used the, for his uh posters which, and stuff. which are yeah. highlighted which are highlighted in this film for sure yeah. but this but this photographer beat presser is there and he's he he's actually kind of you know telling a little bit of the stories about how okay so yes you know kinski was was off the rails and he was inappropriately you know would violent and his mood swings were just erratic and happened you know just boom he could turn on a dime but when it came to you know whatever it was that he got mad at it was like he was right and there was he, always a thing there yeah. was like and, and he and, and he was right you know there was like an issue with the lighting there's an issue with the sound there's someone you know, was talking in the there's somebody there. you know yeah there's there's like 30 people standing around but somehow he can pick out the one person who's you know talking you know 30 feet away or something um but he was always right it was like yeah he was, he was but, extremely exacting so i'm just imagining yeah this he was this guy was just that exacting. is interesting though because there that does contradict a little bit of what herzog said earlier which mm. is when he describes that he didn't know his lines so that he ah. would pick it so then he picks out the camera operator and says he smirked middle of the take and i couldn't remember my line because ah, of that. and sure. herzog pretty much alludes to the fact that no the camera operator didn't smirk but he's looking sure. for an excuse to well, make himself so i wonder you know and of course herzog doesn't push back on the photographer saying that herzog more so agrees with him in that yeah. instance but um it does technically contradict sure the story it's, that herzog told earlier which it's is that, likely all you know, kind of right you know yeah, it's like exactly some, it's exactly. it's all kind of part of this that you know of course there's not just one and that's what makes these things so interesting is that this is herzog's it's herzog's truth but it's there's there is no objective truth. Kinski would have his truth. Yeah. Herzog has his truth. This photographer has his truth. And so if that's where you know all the, every every artist subject is a mirror uh, mm -hmm. where we we kind of see ourselves. And in the exploration of that subject and the communication of our uh, viewpoint about it, we're basically revealing ourselves. That's what makes yeah. art so wonderful to me. And so that's where you know this film is really a film about Herzog. It's really a film about um him as a filmmaker mm -hmm. and uh it, it, often in very literal ways right i mean it's it's herzog on camera talking about his experiences making films yeah. his challenges um 
But and I do want to jump back to though yeah. where you, what you said earlier though about like what would you do? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so let's go back so, to that. Yeah. yeah. So let's so, go back I, to that. That was that was because um, this is important. This is yeah. important. I think you know. So, and so that's so, why I specified that the only time I've ever had difficulty with an actor to that level was that. Which but let's was, bring and, ourselves today. But and, let's bring um, ourselves. But let's bring ourselves. Yeah. You're, you're on it. You're on a significant production. You know. Let's say and like something like this happens. I mean, would um, you ever? Would you make the trade off? And do no, you I don't think I would. Should yeah. I I I really. Um, I, I guess the easiest way to put it is that I, I have a very low tolerance for bullshit. Um, yeah. And, you know, clearly Herzog doesn't. Clearly Herzog was able to put up with a lot to get his movie made. Yeah. Um, but no, I would, uh, you know, if I was Herzog and um, and uh, my lead actor in the, in the middle of the Peruvian Amazon decided that he was going to walk off set, I wouldn't have been like, I'm going to kill you. I would have been like, <laughs> okay, go. Um, yeah. Scripts changed. Your character died. <laughs> fell in the water and that's that's the story and then fell now in the we're water gonna, and so like and and you know i mean i know that sounds ridiculous it sounds like you couldn't no but, rewrite, I, but I understand but you wouldn't put up you with know, it is what you're saying you know i would i would say go that. you know i yeah i don't need uh, i don't need that and it was the same thing then when i was doing that thing when i was 13 where i was like i yeah. was ready to be like i only need your hands you can go i can fill in for your hands sure sure so it was very like i i really don't have um i mean you're an international I have a lot of, model anyway yeah, so exactly that's... yeah that's my these beautiful nails don't uh <laughs> They have got not not a lot of work through COVID, but but no, uh, I think it's interesting that um, that Herzog did put up with that, and I, I wonder if Herzog would put up with it with other people, or if it was just or because, if he would do it now. And because I there doubt- is a different, you know, there is certainly a specialty. You know, we we um, I want to kind of talk a little bit about in relation to this. Um, Fitzcarraldo originally, of course, was starring Jason Robards and Mick uh, Jagger, Mick Jagger, and of Mick the Jagger. Rolling Stones. Yeah, and neither yeah. of them could. Um, continue Jason the movie so they yeah, had to Robards, so they Robards had to uh, yeah. yeah they had to scrap the and so fit uh, Mick Jagger's character was just scrapped entirely taken out right. of the movie which is but, interesting um, to note that that uh, Herzog so I am a Rolling Stones fan so for anybody mm-hmm, who's a too, Rolling yeah. Stones fan out there it's interesting to note that at least according to Herzog he did not replace Mick Jagger because he felt like his performance was outstanding and that he yeah. shouldn't that he was unable to replace that character with another actor and Mick had to bail out because of scheduling conflicts. There was either recording or touring going on. Uh, and of course, when Robards got sick. I think it was his, a tour. I think it was they were going on a tour. Yeah. 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 Likely going on a tour. And um, so, yeah. So, they, but they shot, as far as I understand, I mean, like maybe two thirds or, I mean, they shot. Yeah, they piece. shot a lot of it. Yeah. And then, um, but then Herzog. So then at that point, Herzog says that he was looking at other actors and even mm-hmm. so, John, or uh, um, what's his name? Uh, I love what's Why his name. Why am I forgetting his name? What's yeah, his name? Is great one of my... actor of what's his name? Um, Jack Nicholson. John Nicholson. Why was I thinking John Nicholson? Jack Nicholson. I've met <laughs> Jack Nicholson too. Jack, um, Jack Nicholson's very, very in, little known brother, yeah, John. In fact, in fact, Jack Nicholson was the actor I was dealing with when I was 13. But, uh, uh, whoa, but that's amazing. You look at, um, and Herzog so, so he was 60. That, uh, so he was, you were 13 yes, and you I had were to directing, with, I had to and you were with directing with a 60 year old Jack. Cause isn't he like 85 now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's got to be quite old. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but Herzog even considered doing it himself and playing Fitzcarraldo himself. Um, but eventually Kinski was like, I knew that I was supposed to play it, but you Mm. look at the, you know, the point of my long ramblings here, um, you look at the shot of Jason Robarts playing, 
Uh, Fitzcarraldo on top of the the church tower, ringing right. a bell and, and which the, which, screaming, "I need an opera!" And which Herzog, in which scene. Herzog has in this film, right? So yeah. yes, there is a, there is and a section where Herzog shows the original footage, footage, of, yeah, which is really of, interesting. It is of Mick Jagger yeah. and Jason Robards. There's this. He shows the scene where they're up in the church tower, and mm-hmm. and and they're saying Fitzcarraldo saying, you know, "Give me my opera house. I'm shutting yeah. the church down until you give me my opera house." Right. And so you look at that, and you but then it cuts to pretty much immediately like it's right. pretty much just a cut from scene to scene yep. cuts to uh kinski doing the exact same scene and yep. there is such an energy with him night there's this day. insane night and like, day pulling in magnetic yep. uh performance by him and it, it, so i can understand i can totally kind of empathize with herzog in that way where it's like he definitely yeah. was a special actor in that he was way. definitely and, and special he also again herzog also says that he enjoyed mick jagger and robards separately he says that right he, you know that they were fine actors um and um but it's just there is this you know and here herzog himself also never even makes that claim in the movie where he says that he doesn't even say that he doesn't say that like look at the difference between the two performances no. he just puts them beside well, he each let, other he lets the images speak for themselves yeah. i think but but it's also i just want to point out too you know because i'm always questioning i'm always yeah. questioning right it's it is entirely feasible and and frankly I would do this if I were the filmmaker. Yeah. It's entirely yeah. feasible that he that Herzog took the worst take of Robards to emphasize the contrast between the the take from the finished film mm-hmm. of Kinski. Yeah. I, I because I mean because this is right that would be the quote unquote truth versus fact. The truth is Kinski was the only one for the job. And the fates proved it, but and see, look how how you know compare Robards to Kinski. So I I now I'm not saying Herzog did that. I have no proof that he did that. But I'm mm-hmm. saying that in the context of everything we know about Herzog, I've got to kind of assume I lean towards that. You know, that's very much a possibility, right? Yeah, so, totally. So, which would just you know it just kind of like falls in line with so much of what he did. But I but I want to go back to because I want to talk a little bit about that. You know about what what I think I might yeah, do if yeah. you know I think you know uh the the answer for me is pretty simple you know now when I was younger though when I was younger I think that I would have been much more you know I I, I think you know I would have said all that matters is the film and I know Herzog has said this numerous times over yeah that this and over film and is over. more important than our bodies our the lives the film yeah. is more important and and I do have to say and for for purists out there for you true believers for you know, you soldiers of cinema who would die on the battlefield, on the front lines of film. You know, I do have to say right here and now that I would not sacrifice, you know, uh, somebody's well-being. I wouldn't mm-hmm. sacrifice no. my own. And I wouldn't, to the best of my ability, I would not put anyone in any kind of significant harm's way, certainly not conscientiously. And I would definitely not tolerate an actor or a crew person or anybody else treating somebody unprofessionally on my set, much less treat people the way Herzog was, you know, allowed Kinski, I mean, frankly, because he did, right? Herzog was the director. Herzog is ultimately responsible. So there is this moral ethical question. There really is. And for me, I would never make, I, I mean, I just, I, I can't imagine that I would make, right? I guess never say never, and you never know what you would do 
unless you're mm-hmm. in a certain situation. I mean, to be fair, well, I it's also make... important to note too that Herzog on Fitzcarraldo was like was the producer as well. So yeah. it's not so it's not course. a situation where some producer was no. like, this guy has to be in it. Correct, mm-hmm. correct, correct. Herzog had full control. He could have. Now I don't know what their contractual agreement is. I mean, maybe you know, but but the bottom line is, for the most part, we can assume that Herzog had control, and he could have let Kinski go. But I, you know, it's just not worth it for me. You know, life is too short and I love film and film is wonderful, but film is not life. There's a lot of things in life that are important mm-hmm. and people's well-being is is more important to mm-hmm. me at this stage of my life, at this stage of my career, you know, and I, I just, I wouldn't, I would not, because there's always another option. You may think there's not another option. You may feel like, oh my God, there's nobody who could perform. There's just not, there's just, there's just no way. I, and I don't think that way. I, I don't think that there's only one person that could do a job. There's one, there's only one Kinski. Yes. But, mm-hmm. but there was, there could have been a successful, effective film with another actor somehow. I, there's just no way that I can believe that only one person could have done it. I just don't buy that. Uh, yeah. May have, may have been very difficult. May have been hard to do. May have taken five more years to find that person. I mean, there, you know, yes, there, it could have, you know, could have been extreme difficulties and challenges with that. But, um, but at the same time, so at the same time, as much as I say that I wouldn't do this, you know, Mm-mm. I certainly can understand, and I certainly did think this way more when I was younger. You know that. You know, what survives on film is something that lasts forever. And, you know, these temporary fleeting challenges and insults that we face and the making of it are, at the end of the day, you know, small compared to, you know, this, this, pro, this, this like film, this art that lasts forever. But, I, but especially, but with, but just, you know, for me, I might be, you know, maybe I can put up with some, right? If I choose, if I choose to put up with somebody who's insulting me and berating me and treating me poorly, that's one thing. But Mm -hmm. if you have crew that are working there, if you have other actors that are working there and they don't have the choice, they didn't make the choice. They didn't say, okay, I accept being treated Especially the indigenous uh, people. Anybody, anybody, yeah. yeah, anybody. When, you know, they don't have the choice, right? You're creating an unsafe working environment for people that's just that's unacceptable on multiple levels. It's unacceptable legally. It's unacceptable morally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I mean, f- we know in Fitzcarraldo, there's an entire section on the Wikipedia page for deaths, injuries, and accusations oh, of exploitation. And that's a right? whole, so, and that's a whole right. And yeah. that is a whole other discussion. And it might be, it might warrant down the road, you know, a, an episode all uh, all in and of itself, not just for yeah, the film Fitzcarraldo, the, but the just the lengths of uh, right, but which about filmmakers take their work, yeah. And Herzog is definitely one of the, you know, and he, he will say time and time and time and time again that he's very safe, that he, you know, does not take extra risk just to take them. Uh, and, and I certainly think that he he believes that. And I think that um, in some ways that's true. But, you know, I think that he his philosophy of filmmaking doesn't leave him a lot of choices when it mm-hmm. comes to things. Right. So yeah. uh, mm-hmm. so in his mind, he's kind of like, well, I have to make the film. Uh, and I, and I can't find anybody else to make it than Kinski. So I will make it with Kinski, you know? So that's, that's kind of the calculus that goes on. He's like, well, it's vital for me to pull a ship over a mountain. So, and I mean, uh, I guess, I guess to compare again, because the whole thing is like, you know, what would we do? What, what versus our careers and stuff? Yeah. I mean, again, I had a situation where I was doing a Western and the lead actor in the Western that I had, the only person that was willing to do it because it wasn't paid. It was, it was just me and some friends. Um, the only person that was willing to do it had braces. 
and most of the movie he doesn't speak so it wasn't an issue but there is a dialogue moment at the end and and it's and you can see you know i did my best to hide them but also at the end of the day i was like am i gonna not make the movie because somebody you know one of the actors braces you know am i I gonna go okay can't be done wait or am i just gonna go out and make the movie um so colin i can't you give me such great ideas so i i'm (laughs) imagine i'm imagining the scene i'm okay imagine with me imagine with me imagine with me where it's you know you've got clint eastwood right mm-hmm. you know let's say circa like when was good bad and the ugly like 67 67 68, yeah. 68 you know and he's wearing his like trademark hat and the poncho and everything and he's got the the stubble and he's like you know and you see him he's like you know we have a like, cigar in his mouth well we're, right well we're like you know we're like we see him you know you like we come in and uh we're, we're like maybe like a close up on the horse, you know, if like a spurs and we move up, we move up and, you know, we're slowly revealing the character on the horse and maybe we see like a match, like strike, you know, the heel of his boot while mm-hmm. we're down there and we follow the match up, you know, we're, we're panning up, we're pan, you know, we're, we're coming up and, and he's got one of those cigarillos in his mouth, you know, yeah. and he lights it. It's like Clint Eastwood, like at his most badass. <laughs> and he removes the cigarillo from his mouth and he has braces. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's also funny because that friend of mine, he's, he, he is older than he's five or six years older than me. So he's yeah much older. Um, and originally the reason that he was cast and the reason it wasn't an issue, he wasn't originally supposed to speak. Uh, yeah. The script just changed so much through the production of that movie that that the, the the ending wound up having him speak a few lines, and that's where, of course, you can see the braces. Um, but that's where but, I mean. Uh, but you can always, you know, and that's where it's like I think that you know. Uh, but what you're speaking to, it seems like we're off topic. But I think what you're saying is that you know, look, um, film art is always a compromise. Yeah. And and yeah. and there is no such thing as some kind of ideological purity. When it comes and, to filmmaking, and, and it's okay to compromise, and it's certainly okay to take people's welfare mm-hmm. uh, and treatment into account, and take them seriously, yeah. and take so so yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I and I t- yeah, so- and I, so I guess the the point of that, the whole braces thing, yeah, is just to say I'm okay putting up with that for a movie, and it's like if the if if that you know I don't really care the movie, I'm not going to cancel the movie because something like that. Um, but I, I wouldn't, you know, if that actor who has the braces, you know, of course I'm good friends with, so he's not like that, but if he was to act like Kinski or even like a 10th of the way, like Kinski during that production, um, then I wouldn't, yeah, I, you wouldn't I certainly with wouldn't have done it then. I wouldn't have put up with that. And let's, um, and, and look, let's be realistic too. You know, Herzog hasn't done that for 30 years and, you know, he's not worked with somebody like that for 30 years. And the yeah, fact of the matter yeah. is, is that in today's day and age, there's no way in a million years you're going to get away with that. Uh, from a legal no. perspective, it's just not going to happen. So hopefully, you know, there are more pressures in place to keep people from acting like that to begin mm-hmm. with. Uh, and I think that's a good thing. So, wow. Well, that's a great episode. On that note, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, very it's, interesting. Yeah, more about very... filmmaking. I think that much like the movie, though, but it's like, you know, right. this is sort of more about a filmmaking um kind of angle than just the movie itself so. which which i feel like you can categorize so many of his films kind of in a strange yeah. way as as that right yeah um, yeah totally yeah so all right well i really as, as always i i completely enjoyed this conversation it yeah. was a, it was a blast covering this film i hadn't seen it in a long time and uh it was it was fantastic revisiting this and then kind of even you know pulling some of the issues that uh that, that this film brings up and, and kind of bringing them into the modern day and discussing them as 
as to how they may affect our own filmmaking or how we might deal with them ourselves. I, I hope other people have found that to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've really enjoyed it. As always, Cullen, thank you so much for hanging out with me here yeah, for the past for hour. Along. <laughs> and uh, until next time, everybody, we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you.